0: Bill O'Reilly here, Monday, May 17th, 2021. You are listening to the O'Reilly Update. Here's what's happening today in America. Vaccinated Americans can ditch face masks. John Kerry talks climate change with the Pope. Gay cops get banned from New York's Pride Parade. Israel attacks targets in Gaza. A new study finds five-year-olds now staring at screens seven hours a day. Also ahead, you'll be shocked at who is attacking American traditions. But first, millions of us removing face masks for the first time in 15 months. New CDC guidelines say those vaxxed can ditch the coverings both indoors and outdoors. Most states now dropping mandates to comply National Chain's Walmart, Trader Joe's, Costco, inviting mask-less shoppers back to the stores. John Kerry meeting uh, Pope Francis in Vatican City, holding private discussions on global warming inside the papal library. Joe Biden's climate czar telling reporters he hopes the pontiff will work with the UN and other international organizations to help combat climate change. According to Kerry, humanity has just nine years left to avert a global catastrophe. Organizers behind New York's Pride Month banning gay members of the NYPD from taking part in the annual march. The police will protect the parade but can no longer walk down Fifth Avenue. According to the gay activists, the cops, quote, create an atmosphere of fear for their community which is, of course, a political statement, not reality. Israel launching hundreds of airstrikes against Hamas in Gaza. The missiles flatten three buildings allegedly used by terrorists to hurl rockets into the Jewish state. Of course, that's all financed by Iran. At least 200 Palestinians and 10 Israelis have so far been killed since violence broke out two weeks ago. New study from Ohio State says, kindergarten-age children stare at screens seven hours a day. That's that up from two hours before the pandemic. Biggest culprits, tablets, smartphones, and the TV. About 80% of young students have been stuck at home since COVID shut down the schools. In a moment, the USA being attacked from a very unlikely place
1: If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere.
0: Time now for the O'Reilly Update. Message of the day, Radicals on the March. You may remember during the Vietnam days, some radicals actually became heroes in the liberal press. Let's see, Jane Fonda, Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, Huey Newton, all became far out in the land of the groovy. There was even a media name for the far-left movement, Radical Chic. The revolution died out, of course, because it ran out of outrage. After the war in Southeast Asia ended, the radicals splintered. As Fonda continued her movie career, John Kerry went into politics, Hoffman and Rubin self-destructed. Today, radical chic is back, but it's dramatically different because corporate media now embraces it. They promote it. They finance it. That's what woke is all about. Here's a good example. Disney Park employees are required to listen to a number of anti-American presentations. The Mouse Factory has bought into white supremacy and Caucasian privilege in a big way. Also, Delta, Coca-Cola, Major League Baseball, and other massive companies have attacked the state of Georgia for passing a more disciplined voting law. Apparently, requiring an ID to cast a ballot is racist even though scores of countries around the world do that. So social power has shifted to the radical left in America, courtesy of our corporations. Stacy Adams was recently given a TV deal by NBC Comcast. No traditional person has such a deal with NBC, nor will they. In addition, the radical left knows it can use the cancel culture to devastate opposing points of view. It's easy to do that when the national media could not care less about the truth. All allegations are fit to print. Here's another example. A committed liberal named Scott Stringer is running for mayor of New York City, but he's not left-wing enough for the radicals. Presto! A nasty misconduct allegation appears, and Stringer is done despite his vehement denials. As Henny Youngman once said, I've got a million of them. Corporations will eventually pay a financial price for backing the radical left, but the present-day CEOs do not seem to care. They are frightened of the cancel thugs. They know there is little protection against them. So woke it is, no matter how much destruction befalls America. In 2015, a Gallup poll showed the vast majority of Americans thought race relations were good. Today, the populace is divided by race controversies, including the heinous critical race theory that places blame on white people for societal ills. Yeah, that's a ticket. Let's teach that to the kids. Meantime, American corporations have donated tens of millions of dollars to the Marxist-inspired Black Lives Matter Foundation. Simply incredible. We are indeed living in a woke era, and if we the people don't wake up and actively oppose all this, American tradition will disappear. I'm Bill O'Reilly, and I approve the message by writing it. For more honest news analysis, please visit BillOReilly.com, and please check out my new book, Killing the Mob, the number one book in America. Thank you. In a moment, something you might not know. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Now the O'Reilly Update brings you something you might not know. 121 years ago today, a relatively unknown children's author published a new book in Chicago. The novel featured a cowardly lion, tin man, scarecrow, wicked witch, and cost just $1.50 to buy. Author L. Frank Baum thought the story would only sell a few thousand copies, but it has become the best-selling children's book in the world, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Here's how Oz went from print to Hollywood. Many of the characters, themes, and ideas in the novel were drawn from the author's early childhood. He frequently had nightmares of a scarecrow chasing him across a field or a lion attacking him while sleeping. In his early 20s, the author's niece, Dorothy, became gravely ill and died from congestion of the brain before her first birthday. So, Mr. Baum compiled his personal history into a story. Telling friends he settled on the name Oz as a reference to the newly formed country of Australia. The illustrated novel was published on May 17, 1900. By the 1930s, two million books had been sold in the USA. Executives at MGM bought the rights to Oz after watching Walt Disney's Snow White in 1937, a very popular film adaptation of a legendary children's story. The movie, starring Judy Garland as Dorothy, premiered two years later. It's regarded as one of the finest films ever made, even having its own permanent exhibit at the Smithsonian Museum of American History. And here's something else you might not know. The Wizard went woke long before Coca-Cola or Major League Baseball. An adaptation renamed The Wiz was released in 1978 with an all-black cast starring Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, and swapped Kansas for Harlem, New York. It was a commercial disaster. The movie cost $35 million to make and earned just $5 million at the box office. The lesson? Don't mess with perfection. Back after this.